everyone is equal in these games. And since I mentioned equality, obviously I'm criticizing communism. And don't worry about the fact that I'm a big bad guy who might be misleading to the goals of the actual narrative. Clearly I'm the one who you should be focusing on talking about equality, which equals communism. And communism is bad, therefore. So that means that this show is criticizing communism. Then let's forget what we should have done earlier and continue with what we should do now. Okay. Anyway, how's life been for you generally, Kyle? Uh, pretty much the same as it has been for a while now. You know, it's, uh, I'd complain, but I've been making the same complaints for the last, like, I don't know, six episodes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's pretty obvious you despise your job, and I sure hope that you're not there for too much longer. That's the hope. I want to get out of this thing. I, like, there was a point around four o'clock today where I was just, like, staring at my computer and just, like, looking at the work in front of me and thinking that there's quite possibly not a, a single job in the world that is more meaningless, like, less useful than making social media con content. And I'm like, oh, key. You are really, uh, I mean, everyone knows that advertising through TikToks is the highest form of contributing to society's growth. It's really the only form of art that has ever I mean, existed. No art, no art form general, has existed since that, until now. Advertising clearly is like the best way to create stuff in society. Oh, yeah. The only way, the best way to create is with a profit motive. And with literally not actually building anything, just talking about the idea that you should buy the things that have already been built. Right. Somebody please buy something. Um, I like jump back and forth between the opinion that I'm, I that I'm better than it, like that I can make stuff that is more, like not even just for me fulfilling, but like just better content, like stuff that I would prefer to that I would watch, things that I would like to see. Uh, and also thinking that I'm just horrible and this is the end of, of, of the line for me in my career. Um, and I don't know if I'm horrible, but it's probably the end of my, the line for my career because this is just, this is just the future of this career track is ever decreasing wages because everybody's going into this shit and, uh, incre increasingly stupid short form uh videos like that's all i'm gonna do i mean it's definitely the kind of thing that'll give someone an existential crisis at least <laughs> my job I, I, I may hate my job in a lot of ways but at least it doesn't do that for me because yeah. i still feel like i'm doing something i mean it's sure it seems pointless in the sense that we have robots that could probably do it now but at least i know that it's something that's accomplishing a goal there's like, a societal need to it even if it could be better maybe not better but also performed by robots yeah the only reason it's not being performed by robots is because the robots currently would still cost more to operate than a right human. too cost prohibitive uh as soon as that is the case we'll all be out on the streets and they've already tried uh like using ai or whatever to do my job which is admittedly the kind of content i'm putting out probably could be done by an ai whatever <laughs> yeah just an algorithm hey uh make something that has these words these key phrases in it <laughs> right uh we need to cut thereabouts with it every like second or two so you can figure this out go ahead computer 
probably make better content than me, man. I'm gonna. That's what I should do. Is I should write an algorithm to get rid of my job. <laughs> make yourself obsolete. Make sure you patent the algorithm before you uh, bring oh, no. your bosses. So you, and hey, now you I've got I made this, this algorithm. <laughs> oh, thanks. You, you're fired, and no, you know, and goodbye. That's, uh, we own this now. Right. The thing is, we... is that we don't have any contract, so I could just like up and leave, and they can't do that like shit that google and we all whatever them you do. while you were here yeah. yeah that's that's the only upside i guess to your horrible shit job floating in the wind like who knows i mean honestly if they fired me that might be an easier way out but uh the uh, the the fact that there is literally nothing tying either of us to this employment except for i suppose a vague sense of propriety uh i don't know anyhow Let's leave my bullshit behind. How are you doing? Yeah. Oh, I mean, you know, also the same old, same old. Jackie got upset with me when she got home because I sweat on her pillow. Here, let me real quick. Hey, Jackie, why were you mad at me earlier just a little bit ago? I don't know. Was it that I sweat on your pillow? No, you sweat on my pillow. Okay, cool. That's all I needed for the take. Thank you. <laughs> Hopefully that picked up. <laughs> a little bit. What are you doing? I was at just getting you on the take. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> oh, honey, can you spikes. start yelling at me real quick? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, no, uh, really just normal life for me. I just thought that was a silly anecdote when she got home and she found out I had used her cozy. Because she, she has the good pillow on her mm, side, and yep. when she's not here, sometimes I'll use it. And I sweat sometimes because I'm a big fat guy. <laughs> no, but uh, – I mean, I'm, normal. I'm a normal amount of fat guy. I'm not rascal scooter fat for, my, for <laughs> no, our listening audience. Not that. But anyways uh, – yeah, normal life, normal days, stuff carries on. The holidays are going to get stressful at my job. But oh, I bet. They, oh, they've been putting up a lot of like, oh, the company loves you so much. Here's like a free sandwich or a free slice of pizza or some shit. And it's never and it's never like eat while you want. It's literally please just take one sandwich, some shit like that, you know. Right, but you said the other day that you had one of those set out and there were no sandwiches to be had. Oh, yeah, well, the overnight crew gets forgotten all the time. That's, they just – they. They do that for the day crew, and then they're like, "And yeah, totally, just take one." And then if anyone on the day crew takes two, then that's one less left for the overnight crew because they buy exactly the number of staff they have. Well, what in an sandwiches. ass! Who does that? Come on, man, y'all work together. I mean, not I guess. Well, it's I, 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 I not like I would have wanted a shitty refrigerated Lion's Choice uh, roast true. beef with no cheese. They didn't even get you the damn Swiss. I asked a day crew person. They said they were. Oh yeah, it was just lion, lion's choice roast beef, single layer, no cheese. It's one of those shitty ones where there's more bun than there is anything else. So what the yeah. fuck? Uh, I mean, I'm sure they got get a good deal on cheese. the bulk ordering. Yeah, <laughs> get stuff with cheese. Where's the extra seasoning? Did they at least have horseradish packets or something? Apparently they did not have. They didn't have. An, uh, they had like horseradish packets, barbecue packets, but apparently they didn't have enough of like the Lion's Choice officials cups of like their sauce or whatever their special sauce, and they ran out halfway through the day. And the guy I was talking to complained about that too. All right. So, well, it, I mean, our company just doesn't give a shit about us, but they're like, "Hey, don't riot at us. We got you all shitty one dollar sandwiches. Right. Don't. <laughs> that's so much better than a pay raise, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like totally that kind of shit is exactly. I mean, it, it just just don't. Just don't even bother. Just stop. Just, like, you don't need to. It's so that you can massage some uh, corporate guy's guilt is, is that they do that kind of shit, is that they can make their egos bigger by saying they did the right thing and also turn away the fact that they're making, like, seven times the amount of money that people who are actually doing work are making. Yeah, 
and say, yeah, full on saying like we're trying to make you feel loved at this company by giving you these sandwiches. It's it's egotistical self indulgence, and that's all it is. Who would but feel anyways. loved from a sandwich? Like it's best to be a bomb sandwich, and I like Lion's Choice, but it isn't. It is not. Mm-hmm. I, that good. The Lion's Choice have become kind of shitty over the years. In yeah, my they've opinion. gotten worse. The last they're time I went to Arby's one. at this point. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, they're don't they're say basically that. getting about the same thing either way. <laughs> yeah, it's all slop. It's uh, there's. It it did get significantly worse over my life. Culver's is like the only roast beef that's still good from like a fast foody kind of place. And Never had their like, roast beef. I always only get the butter burger. Their butter burger is good. Uh, Culver, honestly, Culver's just in general is good, but also Culver's? they're like nine dollars for a sandwich. Yo, uh, where's our fucking? I'm, I'll shill for Culver's if you all want to give us like little. All right, now to time time to pay the bills, guys. Have you ever had a butter burger? They come yeah, with a would, five dollar meal, and you get a side of fries and a no, small if we coke. Ever, if we ever if we ever do corporate advertising, we'll still make fun of the company we're advertising for, but we would corporate I'll advertise in a satire way for. Culver. If they'd give us like one of those gold cards, free Culvers for like a year or some shit. I'd, oh yeah. fucking a! I'd yeah, say some, I'd say some. I'd say some I'd say I don't believe in. I <laughs> just read the lines that they give me, but in a very sarcastic tone. Yeah. I would happily. Uh, no, I think we would probably do some shit uh, like, uh, I don't know what kind of stupid ass company would advertise for a podcast that hates capitalism. <laughs> but anyways, here's Culvers. We're gonna talk about them for a bit. <laughs> right. I wonder how many people who like. How many how many companies try to get Cumtown to fucking advertise for them? <laughs> I don't know how many get try for Cumtown because they're a bit on the edge, but I know for a fact that there's like seriously wrong and Chapel Trap House get tons of requests for uh, advertisers. Jeez. Anyways, folks, I'm Phil and I'm Kyle and we are the Unsociablists. And now that we've done our parasocial duties, we are here to talk <laughs> to you about the exemplary show Squid Game. Absolutely fantastic show it's weird to me I, I i was listening to a review of a, a of a different movie of a new movie that uh i can't remember i think they were i think it was the chapo review of um what was it uh did it did it did it that new eternals movie oh yeah and they were talking about yeah it's um eternals i haven't seen it sounds exactly as bad as i had anticipated it would be this show however is not bad and they were talking about how like there's like this blurred line now between film and television you know like in the 90s and prior and even into the aughts really there were there was an obvious look and a feel to television that was incredibly separate from film yeah, you were never going to get saved by the bell confused with The Godfather. Yeah, you were never going to do that. Even when they put in Sopranos, you could tell that that was Sopranos. That was on HBO. It was nice TV, but it was still TV. Whereas now, you know, like the only thing that we watch are these extended series that are put out on streaming services. We don't see the movies all that much unless it's a Marvel movie because that's the only thing that they're making. Or if you're a dweeb like me, you'll go to a fucking film festival and risk getting covid to see some shit in a foreign language that's like mediocre but you get to feel like you're cultured smug hey as long you know what there's nothing wrong with enjoying sniffing the smell of your own farts if it makes you feel better (laughs) me just sitting in a cinema like every once in a while after a cool cut or a cool shot i just reach down into my nuts and take a big old whiff but uh, um seriously though it's it's okay to it's okay to have a little bit of that uh I like um, nice things. Hipstery. I like nice film. Yeah. It's fine. 
you know, enjoy what you enjoy if it's not hurting anybody. And most of those yeah, films, and that's my rule. Anybody. I mean, especially the big one for me is I hate when people like, oh, this music is crap because it's like it has no meaning or whatever. It's let let people like the music they like. Music is a subjective things. experience. Yeah, I'm just like in general. Uh, yeah, people need to let people like things more. But everyone should like Squid Game. Everyone, especially if like. you live in a capitalist society. Absolutely, and it's a. Uh, I think that. You know, we live with this weird hybrid form of uh, entertainment, this like television series type thing. It's not even really television anymore. It's like just mini series. It's a nine hour movie. Yeah, nine hour movie. It's split up over chapters. And um, I think that somehow, and I think honestly, it's actually because of the, the, the heightened contradictions that the people of South Korea live with. Because of the 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 contradictions being so heightened there, and because the 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 level of capitalist exploitation is, of course, more apparent and more uh, obvious, I think, in a lot of senses. Like if you watched Parasite, of course, it's like people actually live in those basements. People live in those basements in New York too, but it's not as culturally relevant in America, so it doesn't come, it doesn't bleed through into major motion pictures which are all fucking about you know people like captain american bullshit yeah i mean well we have one in america we want our superhero fantasies because we still have there's still a large portion of the population that buys into the american dream that it can all get better right right whereas korea is a little more depressed and they're like nope capitalism is going to destroy us all and we will constantly be living in misery yeah, it's a more clear-eyed uh, assessment of your pos- of the possibilities in in capitalism. Is that uh, yes, there are people who have obviously made it. There are people who are rich, um, but we are always on the knife's edge of being cast back down into the shitholes of Sanmendong. You know, there are places that. It's impossible to pull yourself up, and if you do pull yourself up, it's by greed and it's by uh, avarice. It's by horrible things that you had to do to get there, and eventually it's just as, uh, you know, the will of capital is just as capricious as it was when you were on the bottom rung. And uh, that's... uh... To that, to that extent, from here on out, I'm going to say, if you haven't watched the entire show yet, we will probably reference... We haven't yet referenced spoilers, spoilers but we They're will coming. turn out forward. Um, I guess, unlike our Batman, we're going to do a legit quick synopsis. A uh, bunch of people get invited to a game. Game kills people. They're like, uh, nope. And then they realize how shitty it is on the outside. They're like, uh, never mind, we'll do it. And then they play a bunch of kids' games and watch all their friends and people they, and the people they hate and just in general everyone else mm-hmm. die and then the guy who wins is miserable with the money right and, and then that's just, that's the uh that's basically the whole show so there are 456 people um our main character gihun i'm certainly saying that incorrectly there will be if i if i say any names if i say things in that are in korean um i will be pronouncing them incorrectly and i do preemptively apologize but i'm sure i'll say gambu wrong yeah yeah <laughs> gambu i love that that honestly that scene fucking hurt me so bad and then it hurt me even more at the end but oh, um yeah the twist was killer it's not even like what we'll get to it but um gion is this is the main character and in the first in the first episode we're kind of it focuses almost exclusively on him uh, until you get into the game, 
And he's, you know, he's a down-on-his-luck father. He's uh, a divorced father. Um, his child's 10 years old. She was born the same day that his friend was killed during a strike uh, that he was a part of when his auto uh, manufacturing plant shut down. The bosses just were like, fuck off to the people because they, I don't know, they lost profit. So what they did is they did like they always do. They take their bonuses and then they liquidate the factory and leave a bunch of people who were relying on that for their livelihoods to to suffer and the cops come in and they break up the uh strike and in the process they they murder this our main character's friend um and we see that sometimes in flashbacks it's a very powerful we a really neat scene where the flash black bleeds into a riot currently yeah, happening so good um the 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 it cannot be stressed enough how you know the writing's fantastic obviously the symbolism is there and it's very pretty and cool and like it there's there's a lot of cultural impact that comes with this film but it's the cinematography and the editing and the direction are incredible it's just one of the best made uh I, i'm gonna i'm gonna keep switching between film and like series but it's an incredibly well made uh media yeah it's an incredible uh series film thing i'm gonna just yeah. say film story let's call story. it story. thank you and very well very well documented story that is yeah. but yeah there are a couple highlights i did want to address um throughout the show's run one of the things that happens uh so the second episode ironically is named hell mm -hmm. and it's literally the only one that takes place outside of the murder games yes the one outside the murder game well i guess the last one does too yeah but, um yeah the one that takes that that one's uh po when it's all over that's PTSD like a poetic stuff. little tag on the end of it but yeah the actual episode where they realize how bad it is out in the real world is like even though they just gotten out of a game where hundreds of people died in front mm -hmm. of their eyes that's the one called hell Yep. <laughs> but yeah, before they get out into the real world, there's a whole scene where it's like we got to vote on whether we're going to stay or let the money go out to the victims of the murder games and uh, let and call it wash our hands of it. And before the vote happens, this guy just flat out screams that money is ours. I mean, I, I'm not going to say it in Korean, but, it's, it's, uh, it, you know, in, in English, that money is ours. We won the round. We should uh, they shouldn't have it. We should. It's like and how is this a critique of communism? Because this guy is clearly mm -hmm. obsessed over mm -hmm. uh not uh, capital, which you know, I, that's by the way. Kyle and I will be prior occasionally diversing it, uh, diverting into rants about all the people who said this is not about. Even though the creator said it's about capitalism, it's right. clearly about communism because communism bad. Right. It's that because all the lot. bad things <laughs> that happen in capitalism are actually communism. Don't you see bread lines that you were dealing with during fucking COVID? That was because of communism. Now capitalism is when bread lines are gone. Uh. It's it's absurd the the kinds of things that were coming out because all these all these people who want to be culturally relevant um, just come out of the woodwork like these these weirdo intelligentsia types who are like they're the conservative you know they'd call you like the what what's it the dark enlightenment or whatever bullshit that they used to call the Ben Shapiro types but people like him nerds who fucking want to be relevant culturally and want to take part in the dominant uh, cultural narrative, but whose alert, ugh, whose allegiance to conservatism and to capitalism mean that when there's a legitimate critique coming from an artist, they have to say, no, that artist 
is wrong and the artwork that they've made which i like is actually about something else that i don't like so it's it's bothersome because you're going to run into people who you know have fucking humanities degrees who went to the university of chicago and really really want to have an interesting uh take and take part in you know join the agora and talk with people about this shit but all they can come up with is fucking shit that they've learned from propaganda that was pat in the 80s yeah it's uh, unfortunate that there's such a large group of people who would rather willfully buy into that propaganda than accept that maybe capitalism has flaws because clearly it, it, it really just is full on nationalism. America is a perfect oh, country. 100%. So, you yeah. know, obviously we've got it right. Obviously. I mean, the, the, that's like a. Quite, and that's that same thing as when you love the founding fathers, you know? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Hamilton. It's the exact same thing as. Yeah. It's it, all of that is just bullshit nam- nationalism. Yeah, but anyways, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. That line at the beginning of the episode, "Hell," when they're voting, mm-hmm. it's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, cl- cap- this guy is expressing clear capitalist greed about the people who just died, right? And therefore, obviously, bad communism, bad. <laughs> I think it's an interesting uh, thing to to bring up too is that these all of the people who are in the games they target very desperate people. They know when they walk into the games how much debt you owe, how much of a shit life that you're Oh living. yeah, they have your life story on pull-up. Mm-hmm. When they they address that, you know, the front man talk, call, calls people out at some points. So. Right, right. At the very be- beginning, or I suppose right after the... No, it's right in the beginning, right after everybody's like, why the hell did you kidnap us? Um, yeah. The they all of debts and shit. Including um, Gion's friend. Child, who, other, yeah, his childhood friend. Who uh, he used to play Squid Game with? Right. So we meet at this time all of the supporting characters. Uh, Gion is in there. He sees this old man. He's got a number one on his chest, uh, and he's counting Hiding people. And he's in like, plain sight. "Right." Uh, he's counting people, and he's like, "What's going on, bud? You know, like, I'm the last guy here. 476. It says right up there at the very 56. top." 56 thank you uh it says right up there at the top there are 456 of us you can just like look up and he's like shut up i know that i'm not an idiot i'm just counting because i have a brain tumor i'm trying to stay alive and keep my brain sharp uh and so you meet this guy this older man who obviously it it immediately strikes a connection with our main character you meet um other debtors who have been roped into this a woman who had bumped into so, yeah, funny thing, the story actually starts with uh, Gion could have had his debts all paid off with a lottery. He won a, he won a big horse race uh, call, a trifecta, and he was like, oh, I'm set, I'm set, and then he gets the money stolen from him by this chick who is a common uh, pickpocket. Yeah, she's a pickpocket, and she's, oh, gas, but you, you, you're not going to get away from, even in the best Korean film, you're not going to get away from some classic DPRK, anti-DPRK propaganda. Uh, she's a North Korean defector, and uh, she was her parents were murdered, and her brother is sad and alone in a in a halfway house for children down here in South Korea. So her in this beautiful utopia of South Korea, which she's escaped the even worse North Korea from, or two, I suppose I can't remember. Where do my prepositions go? Uh, 
if from know, t- from South North Korea to South. Yeah, too. There you go. So she's here and she's thinking that, you know, with if her if her mom had made it, if her dad had made it, then things might have been better. But even if but now that she's here, she's been completely abandoned by the capitalist state that she uh, escaped to and has left her brother in like a in a children's home she's been he she's like going back to him on occasion basically just to take care of him uh so she's a very sympathetic character and she's cool i like her but she's very quiet her name's kong uh sebuk uh again don't yell at me just, i'm yeah. sorry uh but I'm, honestly i'm just not gonna bother with names i'm gonna do descriptions i'm yes. gonna do I'm so gonna we'll just be call like, her yeah, main the character pickpocket pick chick yeah. uh smart uh nerd dude an got, evil nerd, by the way. Yeah. He ends up being quite the uh, quite the rowdy boy. We've got the best friend from uh, back in the day who's the pride of Sungmin Dong. He's uh, an extra smart banker who went to a cool college. And then he did a white-collar crimes. Yeah, and then he did white-collar crimes. The real crimes. Uh, you have Abdul Ali, who's a nice guy. He uh, works in a... I some form of factory where he's done a really cool thing in the second up. Ep- yeah, he's not getting paid because he's again he's a Pakistani laborer. He's been brought in and doing the same shit that they do with migrant labor all over the world in capitalist countries, which is you don't get to keep your passport and you don't get paid. Um, yeah, because that's and, how uh, it works. Yeah, and in the episode Hell, when they've all voted to go back into the real world, he's like, I need to get money for. My sister, wife, 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 wife and yeah. son. He's like, I need my money for my wife and kid, one way or another. Um, I'm gonna. So he in the factory when the boss is just flat out refusing to pay him. He just mm-hmm. shoves it. He flattens his boss's hand in a piece of machinery. On accident. By by the way, it was on accident. You know, he didn't mean to do it, but I yeah, but was one hundred percent cheering it on when it happened. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I mean, that's the thing. Each of them have their reasons for going back after the hell episode. Mm-hmm. Uh. Uh, the main character's uh, mom is ends up in the hospital, and oh, Joey, medical debt. We all Hooray. none of us know that story over here in America. No, no, <laughs> totally un- unrelatable. Um, yeah, and then I mean, obviously, so, uh, uh, some of our other main characters voted to stay in the first place. So right, you know, right, like the pride um, of San Mengdong. Yep. So it's uh, I don't know. It's just a clear message that uh, it's even worse out there than it was watching people fuck. And that's something I think is interesting. So it's a one in four fifty six chance of winning, and they don't have a house win scenario. They always have a someone's going to walk away with the money. So uh, it's just interesting that it's technically better odds than the lottery. And oh, in terms it's 100% of like live, better odds. I mean, way better odds than the lottery, but even in terms of like lives ruined, if you, if you ruin a couple hundred million lives a little bit versus 456 lives completely – the ratio probably balances out. Yeah, man. So. <laughs> there are people whose lives have, uh, yeah, uh, there are people whose lives have completely been ruined by that, by gambling and by addiction in that sense. Uh, and it's for for significantly less. You know, these guys are ultimately there's a hundred million won, which uh, I don't about, know the. Sir, the about, I did the math. It's about sixteen grand a person. A grand yeah. person's life is worth about sixteen thousand dollars. Because it's. Altogether, after 456 of them, it's around 40 million, a little less than 40 million United States dollars. Uh, oh, no, I did that reverse. That's right. It's about like 8,000 and 9,000 9, and some. That's right. What? I did, yeah. 
I can't. Nine, I don't know. Yeah, the, no, hundred, yeah. Each hundred thousand thing, each drop of a hundred thousand is about nine thousand bucks. Jesus Christ! So each person's life is worth a little under ten grand. Great stuff. I, I mean, that's more than Reagan uh, said that we were <laughs> worth back in the day. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, and uh, yeah, that's a fair. Again, very fair critique of capitalism, but mm-hmm. obviously communism. Mm-hmm. It's obviously communism. Uh, and actually, okay, so throughout the show. Uh, you'll see. Uh, I know we're like, going all over the place. Don't expect the linear progression of the plot here. We're just talking about things that are interesting to us. Um, mm-hmm. Throughout the show, there are these money drops into this giant ball in the ceiling for it's each person pig. that dies. It's a piggy bank. Yep. And what 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 I thought was fascinatingly interesting was at the very so after the second to last game, the glass uh, jump across game or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, after that game. Um, and I guess that could have been a house win scenario if no one had figured out the class. Yeah, if everyone falls down, I suppose then they just keep the money. Yeah, I guess that is. Po- I didn't think about that. Anyways, so there are house win scenarios, but eh, what can you do? Um, and that that also relies largely on greed because you see the, the there's one guy in the main character cast who's like a criminal douchebag, mm-hmm. and uh, when he gets up, he was willing to literally just throw people off just for the sake of him not dying, and. Uh, it was le- leading to them actually getting less far than if, uh, you know, they had done any kind of cooperation. But it's yeah. okay. They made it. I mean, our main three casts made it across for the big for the big finale showdown. Right. So you've got six games in total. The first game, of course, in the first DA kills off like two hundred some people. Uh, red light, green light, red light, green light. Yeah, it's a old game. We've all played it, or at least I think I remember playing it back when I was in like kindergarten. He, they come back after living in hell, uh, and they perform yet another game, which is, the if cookie. I'm recalling, yeah, the cookie one, which is essentially uh, they they make a little like sugar cookie, and you have to, without breaking your shape, pull it out of the the tin that it's been cooked in, because they use like a little molding. Uh, that kills off another couple dozen people, you know, because uh, one of the fucking shapes is an umbrella. And yeah, impossible. Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, of course, I mean, character actually figures it out. He's his Marty fans. He's yeah, like, what if I lick it? Yep. He really our main. The reason our main character ends up thriving is because he is a very smart guy. He's just, an, you know, he just had a lot of things go wrong and he's, he wasn't particularly ambitious, you know. Right. He's but, incredibly nice, too. Like, he's not he doesn't seem that way on the outside, like outside world. Um, I mean, he, he's, 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 he's well, nice he's very well intentioned. He's yeah. a, yeah, on the, on, he's more nice than most, which is not a highest of praise, but you know, that's, right in the first episode, I'm like, wow, he's kind of a dick. He's taking his mom's money. He's gambling, but then, uh, he generally will do the right thing with people. He'll apologize if he bumps into you, even if you're a pickpocket, he'll, uh, you know, be kind to the old man who he meets outside the bar, who of course, Later on, you're like, "Why the hell was he there? He's a rich piece of shit." But um, well, he was he was trying to get he needed the votes. Yeah, he needed the, the votes going. to get back in. Um, but yeah, it's uh, so we follow after he's he is a smart dude. He's a nice dude. Yeah. He's like anyways, obviously the most. Uh, I guess what would you say? Um, not relatable, but maybe he's he's very he's a very human character yeah he's a very human character that's a great way to put it um, yeah um what i what i was gonna bring up though is you see this giant money ball after each game money drops in for each dead person and after the very final game the glass hop across you see this last little couple hundred or these well, last little couple stacks of bills falling that are completely meaningless and it's yeah. so hilarious it tells you just the pointlessness of the pointlessness of adding those zeros to an already insanely high number and just how 
futile, it seems, by comparison to the cost of human lives, mm-hmm. but apparently not to the billionaires who do that in the first place. Right. They, like, it's, it's a, it, sh- it just shows the kind of twisted mentality they have to have to care about those extra zeros. Straight up, one of the games that they put people through is just turning off the lights and letting them kill each other. That's not well. That's not one of the formal. Well, they counted as a game. The game. They counted as a game. They no, counted it's not one as of the six. It's just that's a side. Game. That's a side tangent. That's nah, third game. they counted as third game. I'm pretty sure the six games. Don't, that was there's six games plus that was there's just extra, extra red surprise. light, green light. There's the cookie. There's the fight. There's the um, uh, the the one where the they play marbles and then the glass and then the squid game. The actual squid game. Okay, so there's red light, green light, sugar, honeycombs, t- tug of war, marbles. Ah, fuck! I totally forgot about yeah. tug of war. All right, never mind. I'll take it back. Yeah, that's just, they, they just throw that in as an extra because, like, hey, this is a good way to fun watch yeah, some of the people way to off keep... from their own human insanity and mm-hmm. paranoia. Uh, coupled with a there's a criminal douchebag in there who was all too happy to start just killing. Right, people. he's like, every person I kill is a hundred is ten thousand dollars American. Hell yeah. Yeah, and of course he has a lot of debts because he borrowed money from the wrong mob boss, mm-hmm. and by borrowed I mean stole. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's he made his, he dug his own bed, and he thinks he can just pay his way out of it, and he probably could have if he wasn't such a dick bag who right. fucked with the wrong crazy. Yeah. he put his dick yeah. in the wrong batch of crazy, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then told her to fuck off like an asshole. Oh yeah, and he was yeah, and well to be fair, a lot of. I I don't. She was definitely a manipulative, oh, I hated uh, crazy person. Her. I hated she her one hundred percent. But it, but people also treated her real shitty. Yeah, she was being treated <laughs> like shit. But she was also like incredibly. I hated her. I was like, wow, you're a dick, and you're just as into this to to screw everyone else over as everyone else. Um, but also, she in in that final in that penultimate game, uh, she she did the cool thing of taking out the. That piece of shit who had been throwing people into the pit. Yeah. It was uh, definitely definitely a, a worthwhile comeuppance. <laughs> and uh, a, I don't know. It's I'm never going to cheer for human death, but that was one of the better ones. Maybe a few deaths. I won't feel... <laughs> yeah. No. Um, unfortunately, the people who should have died were the ones watching in the other room during that game. Right. And that is neat when you see the... Uh, one thing we didn't cover, there's an undercover cop there whose brother was, went missing yeah. after he was in the Squid Game. Spoiler, his brother won the Squid Game, and rather than take the money, he decided to well, keep he took the money. He thought it was... I, he well, took he the took, money. He just also got to get a nice little, a sweet little post as King of the Rats in uh, fucking on this island. And that's something interesting. So, um... These you go to this island. The staff there, there are uh, three different. There's th- uh, I guess three, four different ranks to count the front man. But there's the circle, the triangle, and the square. And we all know that's just. Or you know, yeah, we all know that's just a PlayStation controller. <laughs> yes. Um. But anyways, <laughs> where's the X? Where is the X? What I think is interesting though is you see through the eyes of the crooked cop the kind of combinations and stuff that these uh um uh various staff have and really what it is just like in the real world the higher the rank you are the bigger the box you get to live in yeah yeah you get a bigger box if you're but but in reality the people uh, who are actually uh living the high life are the ones who are only seen in that second that uh, penultimate game mm -hmm. the rich the benefactors who make sure the show keeps going on right because all of this you know it's not just for cruelty's sake it's not just that they want to cu- kill five, 455 people so that one person can have 
several billion won. It's also for the enjoyment of all of these people who are the only ones in the series to speak English. All of these white people, for the most part, uh, are are they're the audience for this festival of violence. Yeah. And then, of course, what they don't know is that the, what we don't know until the very end is that one of those benefactors who we don't the, – the one who's actually in charge on site uh, is actually also the old man player. Mm-hmm. Twist. Yep. What a twist. Mr. Number One. Mr. It, Brain it's, Tumor. It is, it is fascinating, though. The guy who's really in charge of it all is the one who doesn't wear a mask. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that is interesting. Uh, not a thing that I've thought about, honestly, is that he – he hid in plain sight. He was a part of the game, and that's why he. So generally, he he in in some of the games you have a partner, and in one of the games that you played you marbles, whoever loses the marble game it gets fucking shot. Uh, and Gion, thinking that he was being a nice guy, partnered up with the old man, yeah, and in a very touching, a- yeah in a very touching episode, ends up cheating him in this game of marbles. Well, I mean, yeah, he's playing, and obviously right. we don't know till the end. We, we think during the episode that he actually is having a dementia dementia breakdown, mm-hmm. but turns out he's just playing at that to give Gion an out because he wants to... He, 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 and I think, I mean, to some extent, the, the old man did like the... Uh, he, he grew... Gion grew on him. He's like, oh, yeah. He got, he, uh, he's like, yeah, you're all right guy i want you i want to watch you keep playing this game right and they became um, ganbu they became uh you know the he's described a ganbu as described by the old man is like your best friend who you play as a kid play with as a kid you know you do everything together you share everything including marbles in this sense um and then the old man lost all his marbles uh <laughs> <laughs> um they do they do an ex that episode really just crushes your spirit it not, me. i mean for one there was the old man the uh Gion and the old man's little side transaction you got to see just how much of a piece of shit that uh Gion's old childhood friend was the yeah. pride of what's it um he pride he, of sunmundong yeah yeah i can't remember they just I, said I, it's I'm so fucking much but most of the stuff that was just like korea specific that I, just, I just checked out oh, <laughs> he's he's the guy from the bad neighborhood who went to the the Seoul University of Mathematics or whatever. Um, yeah. Anyways, but he's he. he so he the he uh, is partnered with the Pakistani guy because he thinks well, you know between the two of us we can take on any challenge before they know that it's a you know only one of the it's two of you making it out. Yeah. Yeah, and at which at which point he literally just full on the Pakistani guy's winning and then he just full on manipulates him into mm-hmm. giving all the marbles away with a cheap trick. Yeah, he thinks that he can switch it up and tricks ali who's a very nice and kind truly and one of the only gullible. genuinely nice guys the whole way through right the whole time you're like ali i i love you i love ali but uh if you like somebody in a korean film they are going to die yeah and then of course the pickpocket ends up with the only other like decent female character who both they both have their they both talk about their tr- troubled childhoods and they, and they they showed us this very intentionally. They make sure like this character who you barely know who's on the fringes, you're going to get to know her real well during this episode. Yeah, right before she gets shot. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a fantastic thing because that's the one where it's like this character who's she's pitched as a Gen Z person who has no fucks, does not care, has no um, 
ambitions, no care to even continue living at this point. Um, and before you know her story, you're just like, well, that's pretty callous. I mean, I get it because I too am on the cusp of that generation in which we will become all, if we aren't already very cynical, you will be um, by the time that the world keeps putting on degrees. But uh, when you hear her story, obviously, which goes through the, I won't go through it now, but it's very tragic, obviously. And she's a, she just got out of a fucking prison for murdering her dad after he murdered her mom. So it's um, obviously rough. And she then gets picked up into this and she just doesn't fucking care. But in an act of sacrifice, she allows Kong Saibuk, the pickpocket, to escape escape this one game at least yeah and it's uh it's just a really tragic moment it's where, just like you know. the deepest darkest part of this show i think is like hell is my f- probably my favorite episode the second episode that just takes us all outside into the real world again where we recognize how troubling and horrible just everyday life can be. And then this episode, uh, which at the very end, after you've killed the old man and you've killed the young woman and you've killed Ali, they, instead of cutting direct into um, the... One second, I think my cat's in here. Instead... Instead of cutting direct into the credits and then starting the next episode like Netflix always does, it plays out the whole credits. It just lets you sit there. And I think that was a great move because it was such a hard episode to watch. And I couldn't I yeah, couldn't start the next one immediately. If it had jumped straight in five seconds later, it would have lost, it would have lost a lot it of it. Yeah, it would have been harder to focus in back into the next one. Yep. I think that's one of the, the limits of this kind of storytelling uh, of the Netflix and streaming series is that immediately you're not sitting with any of the anticipation. You're not sitting with any of the emotions that you've just watched over the last 40 or 50 minutes. It just immediately gives you the next treat, um, which of course I like. Yeah. I mean, this uh, episodes like that. I mean, because up till then, I, I mean, I'm desensitized as fuck. I can watch Human Death and not bad an eye. Sadly. Oh yeah. But uh, the, up until that episode, I really didn't like feel deeply about uh, any of the episodes. I just thought that it was a very neat story and a very great, yeah. well told story. But I wasn't like you know hurt in my soul. No. And, uh, yeah. That was when that it happened. One really, that one really hit me. Um, of course, you know, obviously the Ganbu didn't actually die. He just you saw, heard the gunshot behind the closed door, but That's obviously, you know, pisses that was... me off so much. Is this motherfucker? You see him yeah. later on. This old man, this Ganbu. The very last episode, you find out. Oilnam. That uh, he uh, was he was the rabbit that they keep mentioning, the one yeah. orchestrating the whole affair. He's the motherfucker and, that uh, didn't wear his mask. He 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 ducked out. He was like, oh, it won't be fun now watching because I've played it. But you didn't play it, you son of a bitch. You got out. Everyone else who lo- loses the marble game dies. But yeah. ultimately, in the end, if you're rich and you're powerful, 
you get to walk away alive. The rules don't apply to you. All the rules. Uh, again, a, a cop, clearly a critique of capital. Clearly a critique of communism, not capitalism. Right. Obviously. Um, but no, and uh, you see him actually at the end there and having a little bet about whether someone will help a homeless man. And spoiler, no one helps the homeless man, and he dies on the street. No, 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 um, no, no, no. That's not true. The old man. The the old man loses that bet. The old oh, man right, bets that. Second, that's right. At the very last second, someone comes along and right helps before the guy. midnight. The idea is that if and he hangs out for like four hours or more, they're watching this homeless man who's sitting on the side of a road, and people pass them. And at one point, somebody seems to pickpocket him. But with that, they come back, seemingly after getting his ID. So that they could, I don't know why you would pickpocket somebody that, but just tell the people to come out. And they bring an ambulance and they get help. So ultimately, I think. I remember what I th- why I thought it was the old man wins is because between the pickpocketing and the, because he did actually have the brain tumor. That wasn't a lie. Oh, yeah. But no. it was between the pickpocketing and actually getting him, getting brought in to safety, that's when the old man kicks the bucket. So as far as he knows, he won. Right. And that's a, that's a shitty thing. He got to die old, rich, and on his own terms. Mm-hmm. He 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 got to live several months longer than he ought to because he ought to have been shot after losing the marble game. But instead, he dies comfortably on the seventh floor of some office building that they've set him up in, so that he can yeah. look out on the town. And he gets to have his evil villain monologue to mm-hmm. uh, John to the main character. Um, about uh, you're you're the one that actually killed them, you know, and uh, he's like, oh no, it wasn't me, it was you. Or you, you were the one playing the games. You would have killed me. You were happy to take my marbles. So yeah. I don't know. He gets to have his old old. He gets to have his villain monologue. Think he won a bet about the indecency of humans, and then die on his own terms in a very fancy loft hospital bed. Right. Uh, yeah, it's it's frustrating, but yeah, and then um. That's, I mean, but that's that's the Squid Game for you. And yeah. speaking of which, the actual Squid Game is just a South Korean childhood game, I guess, that I've never heard of until this show. I've definitely, like, me and my friends made up a lot of games. This seems like one of those games that we would have made made up. Apparently, uh, it's a real thing. Yeah, it seems, it, it, I mean, I, I believe it. Um, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, it's not Red Rover, but you got to hop on one foot across things. Basically, at the very it's, end, it's you a, fight yeah, each other, like you, a, like, do a little wrestling match. Um and it at the very end after the the glass game where it's left with it's, just yeah, the pickpocket, just the old friend and Gion. Uh, Gion. The pickpocket dies of injuries sustained because they so they blow up all the remaining glass at the end of the game. Like and it's, it's all like half of it's of, tempered glass, so it's like yeah. really fucking it's hefty ass glass. Yeah, and most of them, most, the other two guys, they duck down mostly, just get little lacerations on their skin, you know. But she gets one that like goes through her, and she she doesn't wake up the next morning. Well, she also so. has her fucking throat slit by Pride of Sun Dong, who just oh, was yeah. like, "I'm gonna finish her off just to make sure." Just, yeah, not like she wasn't already fucking down. Yeah, but um, anyhow, He's, it leaves Gion yeah, so he and shows, his best he, friend. He shows more, the further you watch that show, the more you go from like. He's a unethical dude to, oh, yeah, I know, he's a complete piece of shit. But how else are you supposed to escape from poverty is, like, the question that they're kind of posing with that guy. Is if you are born impoverished and we get these pull-yourself-up-by-your-bootstrap narratives about that, is that they're not pulling themselves up by their bootstraps, which is, you know, a euphemism for being something impossible. 
They are stepping on top of people's heads. They are slitting throats. They are not caring about the people that they are leaving behind. And if they are in a desperate situation, they are the most dangerous, unlike the people who are desperate but maybe haven't escaped poverty and haven't lived in wealth and so are more – I won't say accustomed to it because that's shitty, but more – more willing to work with others in their situation. I mean, I will say though that to not even necessarily his credit, but just uh, as as uh, he is someone who accepts fate once it's happened. When he yeah. loses the final Squid Game, he says, "Yeah, like, uh, Jean tries to the main character, our, our main character guy tries to like say we'll both win. We'll just take it fifty fifty. Well, you can't uh, even I'm both put- win. They they both can do the thing. They can both oh, right. say if." Like in the first episode, or the second, I suppose, uh, if you if a majority, which in this case would only be one person, uh, if they agree to quit, then they're done. They're out. Uh, and all of the money f- for each person's death would go back to the people who died. Right, would go back to their families. Them. Whoever they left behind would get the money. And yeah. uh, Gion was willing to forego whatever money he had uh, to do that. But the other guy wasn't willing to – he's like, we played these games. Someone should be filthy, stinking rich. Right. I, I think so his, his his evil principles at least applied no matter whether they were to him or to whoever else was going to win. So I guess that's not so again, not necessarily to his credit, but he does end up killing himself in the name of someone winning. I think there's a point where – I don't know because I, I think you're right. I don't think it is to his credit, but I think there's – there's like a a suggested nobility in that. There's like a a thought that he's like, no, we've already done all of this. Somebody has to do it or else it's worthless. Um, and I think that's interesting. I think that's an interesting thing because he's like, everyone, including himself at this point, he's been fucking the shit kicked out of him by Gion, who's pissed that he murdered uh kong the the young woman who he had originally been pickpocketed from but na- came to really, really like really realize you've got your own struggles about. you're a real person and right. Gion was able to recognize you're a real person with every like with everyone he interacted with almost mm-hmm. every exception of that criminal criminal douchebag who every if you didn't hate the well, criminal douchebag you yeah. weren't supposed to, yeah you weren't supposed to like him in any capacity no. <laughs> he's supposed to represent the worst of humanity, which is not to say that, you know, he could have, couldn't have been different under different circumstances, but he represents an unrepentant humanity, one that's similar to Keon's childhood friend, unwilling to let go of personal gain or the sacrifices that he's made for personal gain. And so ultimately he ends up dying because of, because of his brand of that. You know, it's not quite as conniving and not quite as subtle. Uh, it's more busting balls and breaking legs. But he, they suffer the same fate, yeah, except one is both, self-inflicted. Yeah. And, well, I mean, I guess his was self-inflicted because he's true, the one true, who decided true. to fuck, fuck and then fuck with that one chick. <laughs> and then try and let her come through. Yeah. What a baller. What a baller be? mood. Yo, I'm just going to hold you and we're going to fucking die. Like, yeah. baller mood. Yeah, she, uh, she was, I mean, well, hell has no fury. That's yeah. the old. <laughs> True. Um, that is the adage. 
anyways, uh, one last thing I'd like to talk about before we wrap this uh, little uh, review up is the scoring. That so classical music plays a heavy factor in this uh, show throughout. Mm-hmm. You, in fact, uh, before every single game, you hear Joseph Hayden's trumpet concerto, cl- uh, absolute classic, and uh, <laughs> real banger that one. Yeah, well, I mean, it it, it is. A lot of <laughs> it literally players. is. Like, it's stuck in my head forever, and it, um, there's a reason. But yeah, the great, great music all throughout. And what I just thought was fascinating was in the very final episode, after he's out and uh, he's been through it all, you hear this really depressing minor key rendition of the Claire de Lune. Like, mm-hmm. And for one, it's like you get that sense of, yep, classical music is ruined for him forever, obviously. But also, in a more broad sense, like, it's... The money does. The money can't bring any kind of happiness. He is his soul is like cr- crushed inside. Yeah, and the only way he feels he can redeem it is in the last shot. He, you see him say like, "Fuck this! I'm going back in there to fuck." They're gonna they're, they're gonna try to run the game again. Yeah, and he's like, "No, I'm go- going back." So and they've already said there will probably be a season two of Squid Game, oh, which cer- almost certainly won't be as good as season one, yeah. but I'll still watch it. I'll watch it. I know I don't want there to be a season two, but I know there will be, and I know I will watch it. Um, that last episode. And the reason that he met that old man is because they were like, why the hell hasn't this guy spent his 40 million United States American dollars? Like the bank is like, why aren't you spending this money? He asked for a fucking like he asked for cab fare from the banker who's like, yo, we can put you in a high yield fund if you want to do that. Um, He's just completely rejected all of the gains that that he doesn't game gave him. And that's it. He didn't want it in the first. He wanted to call it split seas with his uh, childhood friend and walk away from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. he wanted to say goodbye to. He didn't want the money at that point, not at that cost. But at the end, you know, he 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 finally uses it. He sets his childhood friend's mom up with a shitload of money and a a new storefront that because she, you know, she's a she's a street vendor. Uh, Kong, the pickpocket's brother, gets a new home with that mom. So he's replacing her old son, who, of course, is dead, and giving this child a new mother um, and a shitload of money to keep them going. And he, you know, is set up with his uh, his his own daughter, Gion's own daughter, whose stepfather was going to move them to uh move America. his daughter and his ex-wife to America, right? Um and so he's going to f- he's f- about to fly and go and see them in America. He's he's allowed them to leave cuz one of the things that was trying to that was motivating him is hopefully to make enough money to prove to the court the family courts that he can provide for his daughter and keep her in Korea, but he allowed it to happen. Uh maybe because he thought he was a different person. And he yeah. You know, he goes. He had that sense of I don't deserve this anymore. Right. I mean, honestly, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if he hates himself for the rest of his life. How which, could you not? I think that's know. one of the things. Is like these these rich assholes that you see in the game on the other they, side they, of the they, glass. Yeah, you ha- you have to not to not hate yourself with that kind of money. You have to have lost any sense of humanity. Yeah. He's still human. Therefore, he hates himself once he has that money. Exactly. He he recognizes like it's a much more visceral, obvious version of. I stepped on 455 people's heads and they died so that I could be rich. These other rich people, they've killed they don't so see many it that more. Way. No. But they 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 see it as how can we be 
sated? How come this money is still all the money in the world? It will buy me control of human beings. And that's the only way I can feel alive. The one guy can't fucking nut, uh, apparently, because he's the, the one of the rich guys has like a, a weird little sordid thing with the uh, cop. The undercover, yeah, the, the undercover cop. cop. Yeah, the undercover cop uh, goes fucking... manages to go through all through the ranks, and by the end, he's one of the servers at the rich people's right. table when they show up to the event for, to watch in person. Yeah, you see a lot of fucking um, what's the eyes wide shut shit in there. Um, yeah, very we, yeah. And hey, I mean it's 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 a pretty hot scene if you don't if you ignore all the rich fucks who make it look that much nastier. Oh yeah, if you ignore <laughs> the rich people, you there's a lot of very very attractive people of both of of any of kind either of gender sex, spectrum yeah. stuff wearing basically body paint. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're just wearing body or paint. thongs. Yeah. <laughs> um. So if you're into nudity, which who isn't, I guess. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I'm ace, but you know, I, uh, I can appreciate, appreciate good artistic body, nudity. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's outside of that eyes wide shut stuff. Like you can't, they, I think you have it exactly right that they've, they've rejected their own humanity as well as the human, the humanity of others. And he has yet to do that. And so that's why at the very end, he does turn around off of the plane. That's going to take him to enjoy his life of riches with his, with his daughter and i mean i don't think he i think he's figured out that the ship has sailed with his ex-wife but oh yeah definitely you know providing for his daughter and having a, a life with her he 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 recognizes he can't, he can't that he can't that. allow the kind of not in the, not in a world that exists like it does he can't do that yeah um I guess one thing we didn't touch on, the one the undercover cop is like that idea of the one not crooked cop, the one good mm-hmm. cop who really wants to change things. And his narrative arc is the front man turns out the front man turns out to be his brother from who did blame the Squid Game one and then was like, I like this so much that I'm gonna moderate in the future. One hundred percent he's the second he's the second season. He's oh, supposed yeah, sure. to be he got shot on the edge of a cliff, he fell into the water, but if you don't see somebody die in a show, if you don't see him actually fucking die like eyes wide open and somebody has to like close their eyes or some shit. I don't believe that they're dead. Actually, if they have a name, they need to have a real death scene. And his death scene was ambiguous. Yeah. I would not at all be surprised. Even if he's not like the focal point, he'll be in the second he's in season. It, yeah. We'll see. <laughs> I, I bet Joan and he make meet up. They're the, they're going to be the duo. Yeah. Buddy cop drama. Oh <laughs> yes. Gion has like the goofus. And uh, it would be, this other guy is the Galat. Like I said, it will probably not. It will probably pale in comparison to the excellence that was this first season. Yeah, but I'll still watch the hell out of it. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm totally watching it. Um, but yeah, so that's our thoughts on Squid Game. Anything else you wanted to contribute last minute? Ten out of ten. We'll watch again. Oh yeah, for sure. It's a definitely rewatch worthy, re binge worthy. I will yeah. watch it again in like two days, like I did the last time. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, so if you don't watch it, I mean, that's fine. But if, if you have a Netflix subscription, it's one of the only things you've re- the, genuinely worth watching in every sense of the word. Right. Cause most of the drivel on Netflix is only worth watching in the sense of it's nice background it's noise on. for my yeah. brain to turn off. Netflix um, made $900 million on Squid Game, which does speak a bit of a irony. lie to it, which is bad. <laughs> but like if something was going to make them money, I'm, I'm happy it was that. Yeah. Um, fuck them, but. Fuck Netflix, that is. Fuck all media companies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, the media media can definitely be streamlined in a 
communist society where we don't need to worry about having 28 different versions of the exact same bullshit. There was a lot of very beautiful media coming out of the Soviet Union, so there is still very good media coming out of both China and Cuba and Vietnam. I think there's uh, some pretty fantastic couldn't speak shit. to that, but uh, I'm I guess a film nerd, so I, I'm yeah. going to speak to it. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of things coming out of other countries that aren't America, we're going to start our news blast overseas. Well, not really overseas, just kind of but south of here. Across the fine land of Mexico into Central America. Into the uh, southern border and beyond. So, um, first off, it's very hilarious that our fine U.S. people who would never manipulate a country in any capacity because we believe in freedom tried to convince a bunch of Cuban people to do an anti-protest saying yeah. we love capitalism and hate this communist stuff and take it away. And then they couldn't get that protest to work, and that was funny. Yeah, of course they're not going to get that to work. I mean, we, we've we seen it a million times. They try to do these color revolutions where they're going to go to some second city in Cuba or, you know, back in the day when it actually worked, you could go to some place in the fucking – in Eastern Europe and try and destabilize it and, so that the Soviet Union and Gorbachev will sell everybody out. Um, well, the end of the Soviet Union at least. Uh, yeah, so it's a, another failed color revolution. I – very unimaginatively, because a lot of other people smarter than me said this, but uh, since the end of our involvement, well, our boots on the ground involvement in Afghanistan, um, where it's just totally fine that we can still continue to bomb people, which we'll keep doing yeah. for Oh, well, forever. as long as there's no boots there, we can have all the robot boots we want. Yeah, we can keep, <laughs> we'll drop just metal boots from the sky. Um, but since nobody ever gave a shit about the Middle East, but it would be pretty hard to instigate a bombing campaign or a real war in Cuba. Um, so they try these color revolution things. And we've seen a, I think, very clear uh, change in focus by a lot of the uh, Defense Department and the you know USAID types, the creeps in the State Department to... Um, towards Latin America again, towards our hemisphere so that they can clamp down on our on our backyard as it's as we call it here um, since it's ours and not the people who live there. It's not theirs. They don't get yeah. to choose. I love that. I love that this is a, a country that will routinely scream about other people's violations of democracy, whereas Cuba has more... In their parliament, in their parliamentary system, there are more female representatives than there are male. Which is they awesome are, and should yeah. be prevalent. I mean, it should be, I mean, honestly, in a perfect world, it should be about 50 50. It's about 50 50. It's just barely over 50 is women in yeah. Cuba, which is correct. It's yeah, that like, is the correct ratio. Right about where it not is. Judging it on, they're, yeah, they're not judging it on. They're judging it on who's the best representative, and right. No other factor. But they're but going to be are, said. That it's always said that they're anti-democratic. That they're the ones who are suffering um, under some sort of regime of repression. And to some extent, one can say, yeah, you can't post the kind. You're not going to get Jordan Peterson. Isn't going to get published in Cuba. But I think that that's honestly the best for 
everyone. Well, yeah, we, we but also did, I, I would not mind if we had laws against misinformation. Well, there, but there, that's rather the than just thing. anyone can do anything. It's under <laughs> it's information that not even information. It's it's propaganda. Well, in a bad way, it's propaganda that is purposefully made to undermine the revolution, and that's why that's what they'll always cloak as uh, repression democratic repression is you're not allowed to you're not allowed to go out and scream about how you really wish that the people in miami would actually just come and bomb your neighbors so that you could have a plantation again yeah you're not allowed to get published to do that i've spoken to cubans and i've spoken to uh, like while i was there like they generally love the revolution and not in a not in a we're all freaked out because oh my god there's secret police there i didn't see us, shit of course police. i love the revolution no, right. like oh yeah no, it's great that we have all of our and alone this, in I, bars I, I see all these i see all these memes about like oh the cuban person brought to america in awe of seeing his first baseball stadium and then uh, i love to be and i mean i love the counter memes that are like i would love to post this as me but in awe of my health care bill being zero dollars right also they have a giant baseball stadium in havana so it's okay famously fidel was a very good baseball player and they have a a lot of cubans come from cuba to play in the national league so whatever yeah anyways um yeah we just uh we felt like we needed to try to convince a bunch of cuban expats to say oh this communism is terrible and it's ruining our lives and we just and apparently america couldn't muster the uh we suck Cuban at capital, this now. as it were. Man, we suck at this now. I mean, we can't, we can't like, even wow. do a coup properly anymore. We can't do a I don't coup. Know, we're doing, but that being said, in terms of coup potential, we're doing a lot better over in Nicaragua. We are trying at least a lot harder. Um, so Nicaragua, of course, a uh, a land of many contradictions, a land of contrast, a uh, small nation wedged between, I believe it's Guatemala and... I think it's on the southern border of Guatemala. Um, there's this. It's a beautiful nation, from what I've seen. It's a, uh, you know, it's like the the old Maya culture was there. It's very beautiful. It's all very hilly. It's in the south south of the Yucatan. It's all, or it used to be a lot of jungles. This is one of the bases of operations for what is termed as the Banana Wars. What, which is kind of like a, it's a very broad term, but America, you know, throughout the late 19th and early 20th centuries just invading everybody in this hemisphere to make sure that we could get you know shitty plain tasteless bananas into yeah, if you're interested America in for more about the banana money. wars we'll have a little uh, announcement to make i think at the end of this episode yeah. about um new new enhanced uh, expanded content but mm-hmm. let's for now focus on this sorry <laughs> right well uh nicaragua is one of the more i think there's there's obvious things like the guatemala uh guatemala had reinstituted slavery in order to make up for b- demand for their united fruit products in america uh, and of course famously Jacobo arbenz was overthrown in what was probably what could be considered the last like overt salvo of the banana wars was our campaign against him. And then it moved into, and that was like the first that was stepping onto the stage is the CIA. But Nicaragua in the past in our, in America's history in the United States history has been invaded by the United States 12 times. And this is the origin. You, this, these are the people who, when you hear about Reagan and you hear about the uh, Iran Contra affair, the Contras, 
short for counter-revolutionary, contra-revolucionado. I just muddled through that, but uh, imagine that I have good Spanish. Uh, Contras, yeah, perfect. For counter-revolutionary, um, who the Washington Post described as Reagan funding revolutionaries um, in their silly little anti-conspiracy theory memo the other a couple of weeks back. But um, the Contras who waged, they were death squads, they waged war against anybody who was a part of the new uh, Sandinista government who had, of course, waged their own uh, guerrilla tactics for some time. They were fighting against the United States. They were named after a man who started his career fighting against the United States in the 1920s and who we eventually murdered. Um, they took power and reigned as uh, were the ruling party, just changing things significantly for the better increasing the literacy changing the the extraction model that was imposed on nicaragua by outsiders in the united states and multinational country companies uh they were eventually forced out because of these death squads but made their way back into power through elections and they've been uh, this now, this most recent election will be the fourth iteration of one Sandinista's le Sandinista leader's uh, uh, head of the party ship. Basically, he's he's the premier of his party of the Sandinistas, um, and that is Daniel Ortega. He's incredibly popular. He got seventy four percent of the vote, um, which is like I think that's fair to say that in a in a population that recognizes how much better the Sandinistas are for them than the the parties that are allied to multinational corporations and the United States and the OAS. I think that it's recognized it's it's a lot of votes. It's like an impressive tally, but I think it's a believable one. Uh it's not like Putin getting ninety eight percent or whatever. Um but it's obviously they they challenge it. They challenge that election. They don't challenge elections in other places that they like, but in Nicaragua, where they don't like the ruling power, who they declare is authoritarian and anti-democratic, uh, suddenly they we will say, "Well, seventy-four percent sounds awfully fishy. I sounds think they must have fishy. committed a they must have committed a fraud." Mm -hmm. And they have there their, has been a fraud here. And they have their lackeys at the uh, Organization of American States, the OAS, who. If we recall our history from a little over two years ago now, we're the same people who called about uh, Bolivia's elections in 2019 and who, whose meddling maybe uh, directly led to the murder of several hundred people and the burning down of several uh, people's homes as well as the torture of former uh, MAS members, at least we got to MAS see, government members. At least we got to see some evil lady put her hand on the most comically large bible you could ever imagine yeah it is pretty funny I, that's why that's what god likes more is bigger bibles though so it's bigger she than, did get it. well and that's what capitalism's all about is how big can we make the bibles <laughs> that that's and the speaking thing. of which uh, that'll be another thing we uh tease towards next future content true, 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 true. <laughs> um but yeah so thankfully it seems that their failure there, it's been another failure. We failed to do another SOS Cuba bullshit, and we failed to uh, overturn the elections in Nicaragua. Um, yeah, we are just generally getting bad at coups. We're getting bad at it, man. And it's Which, like, uh, oh darn, I'm so upset. <laughs> shucks, it's too bad that the hegemon is 
you know, I used to, it, 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 there's a fine, there's, there's a line that a lot of people take where empire is, there's this myth of a bumbling empire that we accidentally stepped into a rock or some shit, or that we accidentally, you know, make all of the mistakes of American empire are accidents. And that's what they are is their mistakes. You know, in this sense, we are a bumbling empire. You can see the people who are in charge. They're doddering idiots who shit their pants when they go and meet a guy who's an Argentine living in Rome. Like, there's no, there is no competency, but it's not obviously that's not always been the case. And the point has usually been to do the things that we, in hindsight, say were mistakes uh, because it makes yeah. money. But we are literally just shitting our pants and failing. And uh, good. No, I don't think that's true, Kyle. I mean, we need to look at the facts. Here on the home front, our president just has signed two new bills into effect just recently, and we are basically saving the entire country. First off, let's look at that infrastructure bill. We got a trillion dollars coming down the pipeline for very means-tested certain specific schools to get electric buses and for some of the shitty-ass roads we have in this country to be a little less shitty, and that's going to mean the whole country's fixed. Whole country's fixed. Um, we all of the climate, except for so that I suppose, cut out. we can't. We, yeah. we can't worry about that. That's we, we can't don't, worry we don't, about the climate. We got to worry we about find uh, the money for the climate. We've got to fix these roads so that we can drive more gas-powered cars. Yeah, we got to fix these roads so that people who have like cars that are supposed to tow a thousand pounds, which if you bought the same amount of towing capacity in 1980, would be about a, a, a third of the size of your truck now. Uh, those things need to be able to roll right over everything. Uh, people need to be able to – this idea – I saw the fucking – I saw the president drive a fucking electric Hummer the other earlier today, and I wanted to fucking puke. It's this idea that you can give – what was it? Uh, Judge comes out, and he's like, hey, how would, what would you do if you had a $12,000 tax rebate on getting a fucking electric vehicle? It's like I – I do nothing. I I can't I can't afford it's, it's, it. In it's the twelve hundred dollars isn't uh twelve hundred dollars isn't enough to balance out the yeah. other eighteen thousand. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm not spending. I'm not going into debt a hundred thousand dollars in debt to buy a fucking Tesla that will kill me. Uh, but whatever. That's the whole point. The whole point is they wanted to means test it in a way where they where they knew people wouldn't actually go for it because they need to keep mining these fossil fuels. Which yeah. brings us to another. Not this isn't the other bill the president signed, but. He is having very good talks with – suddenly we can cooperate with China when it comes to making sure that there's more oil. Mm-hmm. We can suddenly cooperate. We, we hate China, but when, when it comes to more oil, we can always make things work. Now, this one um, I don't so, think yeah, we, I know we've all been that about, And we actually addressed this last time on our news blast about the skyrocketing gas prices. Apparently uh, the president's on that. He's, he's, he has talked with Xi to – he's in talks with Xi about like, oh, let's start breaking out some of those reserves and then also – Double down on, and he also has said that he expects that America will be able to double down on our mining operations for fossil fuels within the next couple of months. So that yeah. will save us all. That's very helpful he, to know that in the future we'll be able to really make sure we get those fossil fuels fracked up. Pretty sure I mentioned this earlier, but we he met he fucking he pledged that he would do no new fossil fuel uh, drilling permits, and over I think we're nearing the two thousand mark in permits in about ten months of presidency. So, yeah, he's, uh, I mean, again, I've said this many times with Biden. Um, 
I expected nothing. I still find myself continuously disappointed. <laughs> and to that effect, there is one other piece of legislation he recently signed in, which is a uh, bipartisan every, – everyone liked this bill. Great bill. More money for the cops. Mm-hmm. More I mean, money yes, for also cops. more money for other first responders, but they, they are literally a footnote. Like if you look at the bill's breakdown, the yeah. cops are getting – our cops are getting a vast majority of what's coming out of this I'm surprised bill. they didn't put more money in there for people who complain about Havana Syndrome, honestly. <laughs> Fucking, uh, uh, I saw it's Chuck Grassley, the man from Ohio, uh, from, yeah, Ohio, the, the, from Iowa, the man yeah, who's 87, who, 88. Who might be, he's the only man, the only man in the uh, national circuit of our government, our, our government that who might be more senile than Biden. That's true. Uh, it's, I, it's, it's actually, it's got to be him or Feinstein. Um, but it, like he and uh, Senator Gillibrand of New York, uh, who if everybody dials their their brains back about 19, eight, well, more than that, like back in 2019 now, uh, she, she ran for president. Minutes. Yeah, she ran. She got to make a few statements that nobody cared about. Um, she made her Sorry. bones originally, I guess, when she broke, although she's been in the Senate for a little while, but she, she kind of stepped out into the spotlight, I think, a bit more after she called for um, Al Franken to step down during the height of yeah. the Me Too uh I guess what would you call that? It, it's not like it made any. It made it some a, small it difference, too, but it didn't it was, make a whole lot of. It, it was I mean, no real change. It was posturing. The Me Too yeah, posturing. Yeah, thank you. Hers was um, certainly posturing because and you, and you know it's Chuck posturing Brassley because now. now that kind of stuff has been happening within her own staff circuit, and mm. suddenly you don't hear cricket crickets. Nothing. Crickets. Ever Nothing. since Biden Biden got elected, crickets on the Me Too front. Yeah, I mean, the second that Biden, and nobody was allowed to talk about his obvious Kids in cages. Well, that. We yeah, When's the last time we brought that up? I don't know, man. I, uh, us, I, mean, I guess we brought it up like we a bring weeks it up ago, every but... once in a ago. Yeah, we we remember that now. The the main change in that policy is not that kids aren't being in cha- cages; it's that they're not being separated from their families because they're not letting families into the country. So children alone are coming in and also going into cages. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's uh, pretty infuriating that. We uh, can keep doing the exact same shit we were doing under Trump, but suddenly we just don't talk about it. Literally nothing has changed or things have gotten worse, and that the only difference is that certain aspects of cable news are quieter, and And, people on Twitter are more insufferable. We shouldn't be – I mean to be fair, the Republican – we shouldn't be like the Democrats are so bad that we should forget how bad the Republicans are. And to that effect, the Republicans are still finding ways to be somehow even worse than our Democrats. And to that end, I'd like to talk about some of their recent ad campaigns that have been going on. So most notably, there's the Gozar one, and he's actually apparently facing some kind of slap on the wrist for that. But it's of some anime parody of him try, of him literally straight up murdering AOC, mm-hmm. who's not even that good of a leftist to choose. No. Um, been in an attack on titans like uh, anime sequence uh he he's getting his slap on the wrist for that but the Re- republicans have been doing some really fucking evil ad campaigns lately there was the whole one with the immigration and how they're going to be the big bearers of covid and how it, it literally equated them to like horror movie monsters like yeah yeah it's a healthy way to treat other human beings it's funny too that they've been spending all this time saying covid is like whatever a hoax or not all that serious and then it's followed up by but if the brown people have it it's a problem yeah no, i mean you. the republicans the republicans have definitely been towing the line 
they haven't been towing the line. They've pushed the boundary right from cringy bullshit content into pure evil. Yeah. And uh, although yeah, I'll still say no, they're shameless. They're they're just that's the, ever since Trump won the election, they know they could mm-hmm. just be shameless. It's all it's all racist paranoia um, because that's the only way culturally that they can express themselves is as a you know once dominant race in a country that i mean still dominant but they obviously feel less they don't feel as good about it because the cultural moment has passed them uh, well and they, i mean the sad reality is though that they can they, they can do this stuff even if the cultural moment has, has passed them they can still oh yeah act this way no, they're still and, the ones uh, know that they're not going to face any consequences yeah especially I mean, people even, who are in, it doesn't even okay, sorry go ahead no it's gone on I'll remember. No, I was going to say, it doesn't even need to be like the political heads. Uh, anyone who has that right-wing MAGA hat mentality could get away with shit that the left and the center-left never could. Yeah. Um, and like, if, like, uh, we had a, what was the other recent, uh, there was a 200-person protest that got, uh, that a lot of people got arrested for because they were trying to, what was they protesting? It was just recent. Um, it was a leftist protest against something Biden was doing, one of his, maybe it was a climate the lack of climate stuff. I'm trying. Let me look this up real quick. I'm deferring to you on this one. It was attacking Biden from the left, and uh, a bunch of them got arrested by the cops. Here mm-hmm. we go. Hundred arrested outside the White House at a 200 protest march um, during the second day of the voting rights. Oh, sorry, it's voting rights during his vote during the voting rights protest <laughs> oh when Biden God. was like, "Oh, we can't really re- we can't really expand voting rights. We're doing what we can't. We can't do shit." Literally, uh, Georgia is the only reason. Like Georgia and this Pennsylvania earlier today are the reason and hundreds he won, were arrested. So. Yeah. Meanwhile, though, if uh, if you're on the right wing, you can full out say we intend to try to overthrow the government and we're going to march on the White House, and then like a couple of them will get arrested, and everyone else is just like, "Ah, pat on the back, good job, buddy. You tried your best." Yeah. It's, so uh, if the left if the left protests peacefully, cops suddenly all over that shit. Um, and in, I mean, and in, in a more specific and nationally famous example of the right getting away with shit, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, who went in with an illegal gun, underaged, uh, swinging it around with his big MAGA hat uh, presence, trying to be like, "Yeah, I, I'm actively trying to disrupt your BLM protest." Um, suddenly people get mad and start swinging a skateboard at him, and he's allowed well, to start suddenly, shooting and it's self-defense. He's already killed a person by the time somebody's swinging a skateboard at him. He's pointed a gun at everybody. No, he's pointing a, he's pointing a gun at a crowd, and they say, what the fuck are you doing? They start yelling at him. He kills one of them, and then the man with the skateboard tries to disarm him and is killed himself. And then, of course, yeah, he blows the, the arm off of a third starts guy. pulling a gun up, thinking this is a shooter, and then he gets shot in the shoulder. And uh, that, that testimony apparently was viewed as, well, he lifted the gun before – he lifted the gun first, so obviously that one was self-defense. And mm. it's like, yeah, it would have been self-defense if he hadn't shot the first two people. Hadn't just <laughs> killed two people. I, they, the, it's gonna yeah, go through. I mean, he's gonna get away. He's gonna have a stupid gonna little clean. career in the world. Uh, that's, that's the thing. Yeah, apparently there's Gates is saying, "Oh yeah, no, I want to hire this kid as an intern. Get him on the fast track to being one of the political figureheads of our right wing bullshit." And that's the because thing because he knows how to set, he knows how to milk the public eye. All of it is is that all of this is transforming even these assholes who have all the power. Like the thing that they really crave the most is a following. Is like they want to be, even if they're not liked, they want to be the center of attention. They're all, they're all spineless little pricks 
just like Kyle Shittenhouse. And yeah, so what are you gonna get? I mean, it's what are you gonna? It's literally just uh, from the right wing is the right wing has made it clear our whole agenda at this point is we want the most regressed assholes out there who. And honestly, most of them probably aren't even assholes. Most of their constituency is literally people who are willfully uninformed, who are kept in the dark hmm. by society, and just say, "I'm going to keep it this way because um, learning things is learning things is hard and dangerous." <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I think that a lot of the Republican voter base is literally just like, "Well, I hate brown people because that's what I was told Jesus wanted me to do," and they right. put no further thought into it than that. No, it's in, um, it's an entirely culturally absorbed phenomenon it's it's they're they're picking it up from their family but they're picking it up also from culture and from the ambient white supremacy that we all live in yeah so the right wing at this point is literally like well let's just capitalize on this make sure that we can find the most willfully regressed charismatic people and charisma is hard to find when it comes to a right-wing person (laughs) so when they can find it they're like suddenly this guy's a figurehead trust me that fucking that marshmallow motherfucker, Kyle Shittenhouse. He's, oh, he's uh, not. He's he not charismatic at all. But by right wing standards, he's a, he's fucking uh, movie star. Right, <laughs> and he doesn't need to be charismatic because Matt Gates certainly isn't, and Josh Hawley yeah, certainly I mean, like, isn't. Donald and, Trump is their figurehead. Right. He's the he well, is the clear embodiment of charisma. <laughs> honestly, uh, I mean, he's more charismatic than generally all, almost all politician. I would say. Yeah, well, granted, but if charismatic you know, than no, Trump. That's the, I guess the right wing is just leaning into we don't want politicians. We want reality TV stars. Which is honestly, which it's is a probably winning the fucking strategy. To keep their brand alive. <laughs> it's a winning strategy, certainly compared to the one where you're going to try and put up a fucking former DA and prosecutor who kept people in jail past their parole date and allowed the Catholic Church of San Francisco to continue molesting people. So pick your poison. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, Trump will win in 2024. Uh, 100%. I was unconvinced Um, that he would even run, but now he'd be foolish. He'd be a fool not to. He'd obviously win. Because, I mean, there's two possibilities. One, Biden keeps going at it and decides he's going to run again in 2024 and he will get slaughtered by anybody or two biden ducks down and we either have harris or Buttigieg who will get slaughtered by anybody yeah (laughs) and there's no one that they can call on these are the new the firstly kamala harris being counted as like the new generation the woman's 60 years old but the fucking butt chug i can't I can't fucking deal with that. I mean, yeah, I mean piece of shit. Chop, if you if you want to hear it, but Chuck, go listen to the newest Chapo about his documentary. I yeah. don't have the energy for it. I saw <laughs> that shit was I did not see the actual documentary. I saw when I was like, oh, I'm going to go and see something at the Philadelphia Film Festival. And I saw Mayor Pete on the fucking docket. And I was like, do <sighs> I see disgusting. any anything? Are any of these movies going to be good if they're going to show that? Yeah. It's totally um, up that fucking alley, though. It's all a bunch of center city fucking liberals, like people who are holier than thou because they live, you know, in a row home that doesn't allow any black people to move in on their block. But they'll put up a BLM sign in their in their fucking window. In this house, we believe these yeah. things that we never will actually stand for, but we'll right. put up a sign. In this house, we believe that uh, wage performative wages, politics is more important yeah. than actual motion. <laughs> um, anyways. Uh, stepping away from the Washington side of politics, let's go ahead and talk about the most evil company in the world, Amazon, and some of their recent fun things. My God. 
Uh, so first off, I'm sure you saw the Terry Crews ad where it's some rich guy pretending that he totally could love working at Amazon in real oh, life when he was not Sandy. actually doing the oh, job for real. Do I move these boxes over here? Oh, well, cool. Yeah, you know what? You know, I could do this. You know, I could I definitely you do this for $15 an hour <laughs> and never touch. Yeah, God. If I were getting tracked constantly all the time, no matter what, every breath, I, every step I take, then, yeah, I would fucking love this job, wouldn't I? No fucking ridiculous yeah. and of course uh that's just icing on the cake though the actual cake being bezos's newest comment which was it won't be long before the earth is like a resort that only the richest can afford yeah we're fully going he's, expanse, flat, he, he, he's full mask off not even <sighs> hiding it just like yeah no we're gonna just the, the earth will be uh a poisoned place that only certain parts are livable and those certain parts are going to cost millions of dollars a day to live in you know i just said the buddha judge looks like a fucking rat but like how does how does anybody look at Bezos and not immediately think, like, that's somebody that should be caught in a trap with some cheese on one end? Like, that that guy— And a, it, and a gun on the other side. Like, Terry—right, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, Terry—in Minecraft, of course. Terry Crews, um, say what you will about how horrifically idiotic and evil it is to chill out for a fucking company like Amazon and for a person like Bezos— the he's man, had some good moments. The man is and also, funny, he's a, and he's he's a damn good looking man. Uh, oh yeah. So like he's a, you know he and every, like, Terry Crews. I give him a lot of credit. He's a, he is a very positive representation to uh, a lot of things that uh, in in society as far as Hollywood is concerned. Right. But, he's like I mean, the standards in Hollywood are sure, certainly much lower. But right. you know he's he's really not a bad guy. He just I as understand he go. took his paycheck he took his paycheck and I would I'm not saying I wouldn't in his shoes if, the, if the Amazon was offering enough money to act like I could like a job that was actually evil and horrible you know yeah I, I don't know I just feel like I mean it's hard it's hard to say because I'm never going to be that kind of wealthy right. on this or, side or of it I, I get to feel all the <laughs> outrage that I like which is I mean like now I'm yeah we all like to think we'd be teams, uh, but... we all like to think we'd be Jean or gone, or gone. I can't you know, know whatever. You know, we all like to think we'd know. be the good guy who uh, take them, look at the money, and say no. Yeah, sit on it for a year and a half, and just be like, "Yo, can I borrow some bus fare?" Yeah, we all like to think we'd be that guy. No, no I, I, I can't guarantee I would. I don't know, man. It's tough. Anyways, maybe the idea um, should yeah, be to get Amazon rid of it. is fucking awful, and they continue to manipulate things and full out. And Bezos continues to flat out say exactly what he's thinking right. without any hesitation. Good Musk thing, is also the same way. Musk's recent comments have also been absolutely disgusting. Yeah. Before I, um, I did, you see that whole uh, when Bernie was like, uh, "We need to tax billionaires," and Musk's like, "Bro, I thought you were dead." Yeah, yeah forgot I you even, forgot you were even alive. Yeah, like it's like, oh uh, yeah, who who likes this guy still? I, I honestly, I, I have seen a lot less internet love for him lately, which is good. Yeah, I just don't understand. Like, it's because it's obvious. So he's the richest man in the world, whatever, 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 by evaluation, um, and he takes obviously some some pride in that because he's that kind of asshole but like this ex the way he he acts online and the way he acts in real life and the things that he says like that's what's giving all of the money that's where all the money's coming from it's certainly not coming from the production lines of tesla or the bore co boring company or you know his fanciful idea that he'll have a battery company for uh, electric-powered vehicles and for storing solar power, which will never, ever, ever in a million years happen. It just exists as a tax haven. 
um, just like Tesla only exists to sell uh, carbon credits um, so that we can keep making more fossil fuel uh, powered cars. But I mean, the the thing that has made him the richest person in the world is this shitty personality. No, that's, I mean, that's been the American way for a while now. The things that make money aren't actually production. America doesn't mm-hmm. produce – the only thing we produce in America is war. Sadness. And other oh, than yeah. that, we really don't and produce war. much of anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like uh, I, Liz Franzak of Truanon has mentioned uh, – they did a three-part episode on Musk, which is pretty good if you want to listen to it. Um, but she's mentioned like this is the this is his gimmick. It's not even just like – him being an asshole, which he is, it's this is how he makes money. Is this is how he inflates his stock? Is he gets a bunch of bros to, or bros or bots? Who knows? Because he got more likes on that fucking reply guy shit to Bernie than uh, Bernie got on his. Uh, they're pretty. I'm sure. Almost yeah, parody, yeah, I, say, I wouldn't a bunch be surprised if it's dweebs. a heavy mix of both. Yeah, yeah. It's but just a bunch of fucking dweebs, and it's yeah. really. Pretty despicable. Well, I mean, uh, and sadly, it, it, part of it also is just that Bernie has lost, been lost in the public consciousness. I mean, and I get it. You know, he had to compromise away a lot of his ideals and kind of just take a back seat. And I get it was that or get hit by the heart attack gun again. I guess right. what can you do? Do you want to get Chavezed? Because you could have gotten Chavezed. Uh. Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, it's it's. I don't know. There's no winning. It doesn't seem like there's going to be any winning in uh, Washington, and there's certainly no winning by playing the capitalist game against no. these guys. The only thing um, that you that can being do. said, there is one way of winning, and we want to talk good news here at the end of the episode before mm-hmm. we duck out, and that is striking. And before we touch on John Deere, I want to talk about a few others that have joined the fight. We have the New York nurses. They decided they're going to. Uh, the t- tons of them went on strike recently, and uh, hope for, for better conditions and their horrible hospital setups. We have Cargill joining the strike. And uh, fast food strikers or fast food la- – lack of fast food employees are at an all-time high. So yeah. um, those are good ones. But, yeah, let's let's hit the big story, John Deere. Mm-hmm. They finally – like, sure, I think they should have gotten more, but we finally saw that anti-work action gets the job done. Yeah. They, I, yeah, they flat out refused to work for five weeks. Look, all of a sudden, here's your 10% now, another 10% over the next couple of years, and uh, – a eight thousand and some odd dollar instant bonus yeah to pay back the lost wages it's too bad man i i was gonna buy a fucking uh ps5 with all the money i saved on my union dues and then they gave me 85 grand just in a lump sum shucks 8500 8500 let's not not overstate 85 grand that's they should have gotten 85 grand because fuck the corporate bosses and everyone should be just honestly if america really wanted to bring back faith in capitalism they should just hand out 85 grand to every american just shoot elon musk in the fucking head and take (laughs) whatever fake money his wealth evenly there you go (laughs) and then you'd be like oh yeah i'm all aboard i'm all aboard (laughs) if we're gonna do this every like 20 years or whatever we just pop the the guy on top and and hand it all out hey you you win capitalism and your winning prize is a bullet to the head yeah we we put up a nice plaque for them (laughs) we put up a nice plaque in like some community garden in washington dc just flat out says like here's the winners of capitalism uh, from each generation you just gotta do what he does with bitcoin and shit and like strategically tank it at times <laughs> yeah. and that way you'll um, escape the bullet but anyways uh yeah we want to we want to give mad props to john deere though absolutely they, brilliant they, they showed that they've um, genuinely showed what striking can get done and i think that they'll be a great starting point for future 
strikes and movements. A little less than 40% of them thought they could probably keep going. Um, and I respect that there's definitely some initiative that you can see coming out of UAW is a very large union that lets in a lot of people who aren't even necessarily industrial workers. Um, and it's good to see this kind of militancy, especially from a comp or from a, a group of people who, uh, they were striking specifically to maintain the retirement benefits of future workers, not even themselves. So that's, they're, that's really they're impressive. A clear sign that the final offer is never actually the final offer because mm -hmm. they were told, "Yeah, this is our last offer. Anything if you go, go if you don't want this, then we're then go on strike." And they went on strike, and suddenly that was there was a better offer. Suddenly, mm -hmm. that's what it is. Is it, the only way. And I think it's I'm I'm re-listening to Mike Duncan's Revolutions podcast just the last season because he's nearing the end of it, and I had listened to it up until like the 40th episode, and he's on almost the 75th now. But um, it's a very long podcast. It's very good if anybody wants to do history stuff. But uh, it's talking specifically about right now in the Russian Revolution how there was there's an idea of agitation and an idea that you can move beyond the overtly parliamentarian and political spheres that oftentimes we will hear are the correct roads. The correct thing to do is to vote your way into something. Uh, but there are other options, and it's very obvious that if you vote for a Democrat, they'll have some parliamentarian show up to say, no, we have to keep the minimum wage at 725 But if you strike, you can force your boss. If you, if you and others, because it's never going to be an individual thing. Uh, voting is an inherently individual thing. It, it's one drop in a bucket made by one, a decision made by one person who, if you're lucky, it will be counted alongside other people who have made a similar decision. Striking and working together, that's, that's solidarity. That, and that's, yeah, that kind of solidarity is the only kind of uh, structure we're ever going to be able to fight capitalism. It's the only way capacity. that change comes. Well, that or full-on murder revolution, but I feel like that one's going to be a lot more violent and a lot yeah. less rewarding. I don't think we're going to make it if we start a revolution without the, the strikes first. The, yeah, the striking, we need to, we need the to... sharing of struggle is what needs to preface the violence that may or hopefully may you know. or may not have to occur in addition right. and that's the sad reality there may come a point there may come a point where if we strike enough they do gen pinkerton's generation two and start bringing the military down on us like get back to work right at and which that point we might have to go violation yeah yeah that will be the revolution because that's what happened in russia in 1905 and again uh, all over the place uh, whenever these revolutions have happened it's been because it's been prefaced by worker action and then a reaction so we'll just uh, keep holding out for that. Um, and before we say that you should be joining these strike workers in love and solidarity, we want to give a little bit of uh, some housekeeping. So first off, if you enjoyed that little history lesson, that, that two-minute history lesson that Kyle gave about Nicaragua when we were talking about that, um, good news for you. Starting in the new year, we are going to go weekly, and one of our weekly sections, uh, we will continue to have one regular full episode with bits in it, and one episode like this that's either a review or a watch-along, but we will also be adding uh, a every week a History Corner with Kyle-type episode, where I'll just be there for color commentary, mm -hmm. and Kyle will be able to tell you about some fascinating piece of leftist uh, sociological architecturing um, throughout the ages, and... Uh, 
we'll also have just a miscellaneous episode uh, in the fourth week there. Something fun and interesting. Who knows what it'll be? It might just be a book. Uh, speaking of which, we'll be doing a book club in one month's time. Make sure that if you yes, get time, yes, yes. read Siddhartha. This um, is uh, Herman Hesse's Siddhartha. It's a um, admittedly sl- pretty kind of orientalist. It's a German dude in the 30s writing about, uh, you know, uh, I guess it's, it's Siddhartha. It's Buddhism. It's it's like the birth of Buddhism and the the kind of world that existed around the Buddha. It's not necessarily him, but it it is tangential. So prepare yourself for reading a little bit. Of, it's ninety seven pages. It's like it's not a long book. It's not long. It's like I read it in two days because I went really slow, and I after each chapter kind of sat and like was like, yeah, cool. Those were ten pages. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Um. That could be it. That last month could be a book club. Could be just something fun that has nothing to do with leftism at all. Eventually but you know, just a little, extra, a little extra content with us. Maybe we'll do like game reviews or some shit like oh, that'd that. That'd be fun. Yeah. I mean, um, it would be a lot to ask of us to do maybe a Zorzan and Oglob. The, the, if there is a fifth week, just like if there is an extra mm-hmm. week now, if there is a fifth week in a month, that's when we'll do a full, a, a long form sketch. Um, yeah. And also, then we'll actually be a little more accurate with the news because when we're weekly, we won't be like up to two weeks behind yeah, with catching our everything up <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah if weekly goes well then eventually maybe we'll add a patreon and i could see us doing uh just extra what i would say th- what i was thinking of our, with our patreon is we could do all, uh basically bi-week tw- uh, do, bi-weekly would be every other week what's the one where it's twice semi-weekly a week? semi-weekly we could do semi-weekly uh semi-weekly episodes where the alt episodes that go to the patreon only are literally just a news blast of silly news that yeah. like basically <laughs> if you want the silly fun news you go to the patreon but we'll just still do like the serious actual like washington level news so like for example we would probably the trial of kyle rittenhouse that would probably go to a patreon news oh my god because it would just be about the judge and all the stupid shit that he said yep like we, and we would and we would do longer form Mr. news because that would be something easy to bullshit and uh still be able to put out content for you mm-hmm. um but yeah just something to look forward to in the new year we will be adding that to our rep- repertoire and then also i hinted at the large bible uh and how that was kind of a <laughs> nod to what we're looking at next uh, in a couple weeks uh be ready for our episode on one of the most controversial topics we'll have touched on to date religion mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's very controversial i'm going to talk to my everybody at thanksgiving about it <laughs> that is coming up in two weeks and uh we hope you enjoy it but for now uh thank you for listening folks uh we hope that you're looking forward to all these changes we know we are and uh we hope that you join not just the john deere workers but all uh, workers in this country all oppressed workers in this country in a hearty dose of love and solidarity love and solidarity y'all it can be told in few enough words we are not certain of his intentions even yet They talk, so I'm told.